podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. G'day, I'm James. Welcome to the Australian Opinion on Formula One here at the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast. In this episode, Tommy T and I chat in Australia ahead of the Australian Grand Prix. And I'm joined by the aforementioned Thomas. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm so excited for this week. I cannot contain myself. It has been it's been a long time since Formula One's gone racing because I am ignoring <laughs> the other two races. And I only acknowledge the proper start of the Formula One calendar, which is here in Melbourne. Um, we're getting underway for 2023. How exciting. Great. Why are we not starting the year in Australia? I'm confused as to why that happened. I feel like it was a a COVID thing or something. And then they're like, oh, now that we're not starting there, let's not. So I don't know. We feel like we lost it on a technicality. It, uh, if I could be bothered going back in time to find a campy cash is king quote, <laughs> I can't, but that's what he would say. <laughs> yes, very true. No, it's good to be back. Uh, I, I'm hoping I can hear it from my apartment, which is exciting. Look, one of the things that you will see is the roulettes doing their deal Ooh. out over – um, the Yarra. That's so true. Because this is the space where they fly into. Yeah, of course, yeah. this is great for an audio podcast, but I'm currently yep. pointing out of our, what is now the Lakeside Drive resident studio. <laughs> to my right, okay, my Melbourne. Room. To my left, two big television screens on a wall, which is great for timing and for watching a race. In my defence, this is more well-appointed than most studios we've used in the past. There is no defense needed, my man. This is the coffee is great. I'm drinking out of my favorite. I've even got a favorite mug now here, which is Verve and a, a beautiful. Is this a polar bear or is this a black bear? It says black California, bear, California, so it's probably yeah. polar bear. James, you squid. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's great to come to Melbourne, and I I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling a bit energized by it, Tommy T because there's plenty of people who are now here in the city. So my Instagram feed, or at least Lakeside Drive's Instagram feed, is now full of people in Victoria going down to the Mornington Peninsula, which is obviously where we are from and and work and everything else. And and, uh, it's funny seeing people at different venues where we either sell coffee or wine going, I hope you had a coffee. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But I think the... The vibe is good. Yep. Uh, as I said, I mean, the first two races of the, of the year are, I mean, they were a bit shit, yep. weren't they? Um, Australia isn't necessarily the best grid on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Calendar on the track. Um, but it is it is bloody fantastic from a vibe point of view. Oh. You can't get tickets. Um, the entertainment lineup looks great. You know, you've got Formula 1, Formula 2, Formula 3, V8 supercars. Yep. Uh, Porsche Cup, you know. It's- the track is never empty, really, is it? There's always something happening. No. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be great on track. Um, let us know if you're going to the Grand Prix this year. We would love to hear from you. Uh, jump across to our Discord server, join that. There is an Australian Grand Prix thread in there already that you can jump in. Um, we might even try and arrange a catch up on track if I ever get my media access. If I get told about media access one way or the other, if yes or no, it'd be great. It's Monday and I still don't know. Um, if I do though, it'd be great to catch up with some of you. But uh, I will say that if you are interested in catching up with the three of us for a cheeky beverage, you can do that after qualifying. So Saturday after qualifying at probably the Coppersmith in South Melbourne, 
which is, yes, between the track and the city. So it is in the right direction of flow, but it's not in the main area of South Melbourne. It's usually a little quieter, which uh, yeah. is easier to get a beer. Yeah, exactly. No, and we went there last night. It was outstanding, wasn't it? Yeah, really good. Good to see a bunch of, of faces that we'd had been listening for a long time. It was kind of a surreal moment for us. But, yeah, we'd love to catch up with anyone who's local. This is our one chance of the year to have a – a race and a qualifying that's at a reasonable time of day. So we might as well celebrate it with a couple of beverages together. Yeah, I think that's outstanding. So those details will be communicated on Discord and on our Instagram channel. Let's just catch up a little bit uh, on what's been going on. Tommy T, Freya did a brilliant podcast over the weekend of all of the news of Formula One. But the one thing that I really want to pick up on is McLaren. Now, McLaren sacked James Key, just like we did years ago for designing our website. <laughs> Although I can't change the to the very bottom footer of the website. James Key is still there and I can't so get rid of him. For me. Did well. <laughs> How did you do that? Um, but it, it seems like a lot of noise and a lot of mess, Tommy T, for something that would just probably do absolutely nothing. Yeah, I think, I think they're scrambling to try and pin the blame on someone and re- somewhat refresh the season when we're about to start our third race, which is kind of an odd time to be doing that. But they're trying to find... <laughs> A way to go, no, this is a fresh start where we're different. This is going to be a change for the better. Uh, And unfortunately, that someone else has had to leave and get fired. I'm going to borrow a a really bloody brilliant point from uh, Rob and Michael at Box of Neutrals. And that is that the peak of McLaren's recent success, so that 2019 season, 2020 season, where they were making pretty good gains enough to lure Daniel Ricciardo into the team was the same time that Ferrari had the deal with the FIA after their power unit problem. Uh And so, and it's something that hadn't actually clicked with me, but the the reason why that they were pushing further along and kicking the can up the road with that Renault power unit, Renault, is because of the Ferrari power unit struggling. Now, that's not the case um, I think McLaren's weaknesses more generally have, have been exposed and yeah, that might be from a design and aerodynamic point of view yep. and maybe getting rid of James Key and, and promoting all of these other people is the right thing to do. But TT, I mean, realistically, and, and someone asked me this yesterday, oh, well, McLaren are bringing upgrades to, to Australia. Do you think that's going to improve much? Improve what? Against whom? Everyone brings upgrades all the time. Yeah. And when... Lando Norris and, and Oscar Piastri are racing Alex Albon, who did the entire Grand Prix last year on one set of tyres in a Williams that wasn't as good. To me, it just it just sounds like you're right. They're trying to get a scapegoat. They're pointing out someone else in James Key and going, yeah. oh, he's fired because that's why and then it's going to magically fix everything. It's just not, is it? It's It smells a bit of trying to make an announcement to keep share prices in the right direction. Ooh. And you know how businesses can kind of go, oh, we've got a fresh announcement. There's something new happening and this is going to make sure that your your price is secure and it's going to be trending in the right direction. And it's not, clearly, McCarran. This is scrambling it like some good news story here or like something that they can point to as as the change, but it's not going to happen. Like I, I'm, it's frustrating because you can – see the good things that McLaren had, which was like, it seemed like a good culture. It seemed like a team on the up. And when Daniel first signed there, we were all so excited. This is the team that is going to be pushing forward, making the right choices, moving with Formula One in that direction to be one of those top three, four teams. And it's behind the scenes, it's been an absolute shambles and it's just fallen apart. 
which is more frustrating as an Australian fan than probably anyone else. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and I think from a from point of view of Formula One, we want McLaren to do well, don't we? But realistically, it's just it doesn't feel like it's within their current sort of remit to be able to do anything super well. But we will see what happens this weekend, of course. Um, let's talk about Oscar Piastri specifically. It's not only his home Grand Prix in the way that we would talk about Daniel Ricciardo being home Grand Prix. Real home. He literally is a suburb over from Albert Park. So yeah. you could say his backyard. Uh, he Look, he did pretty bloody well in Saudi Arabia considering. Yep. And if it wasn't for that contact with the bloody Frenchman, I'm just going to channel camping considering he's not here, <laughs> of Pierre Gasly, he probably would have had a better time, I think, yeah. out. Uh, he seems to be a little bit more confident with the car than Lando. Do you think we're sort of seeing what happened with Lando and Daniel then sort of, you know, propagating itself down now for, for Oscar? Well, even like Lando and Carlos or mm. like the kind of the young driver that comes in, fresh, wide-eyed, uh, having a crack. And obviously Oscar's a supreme talent and we know that, that he was going to be fine. I think the problem is that car is an absolute diabolical piece of mess that no one's going to be able to get good results with. So I think he's doing a great job. We haven't really got to see much. I'd love to see him over like proper race distances and and given a real opportunity at, at making a way into the midfield. But, I mean, so far so good. There's nothing really to point to that's saying he's out of his depth. Yeah. And, again, he's fresh into the formula. No one really has any expectations over him outside of the fact that he's just having a crack. Um, and it is a home Grand Prix. And listen, if, if you still got a bit of a sour taste in your mouth about the whole thing, fair enough. Okay. It, you may have blamed Oscar specifically for roundhouse kicking Daniel out of that seat. Now it wasn't really Oscar's fault. It was a little bit Mark Webber's fault. And Mark Webber is, by the way, stonewalling Australian media. So we cannot get access to Oscar, mm. which is very interesting. Um, I'm not sure why that's happening necessarily, but uh, McLaren are, are not responding to Australian requests. I haven't bothered putting one in, but I have been told by other Australian media people that it's struggling, which is just super interesting in of itself. Mm. So, listener, may I suggest another Australian to support on the grid. It is indeed the fastest mullet. And Tommy T, he was just at the Adelaide, I think it was a Festival of Speed or something like that, driving a V8 supercar, living his best life. He's really leaning into Valtteri Bottas, this picking up the Australian mantle, isn't he? Oh, he's going to get citizenship. I think he's heading that direction. (laughs) He deserves it. I do worry, though, that he is going to be so busy and he's going to end up in that Daniel situation, which is flat out doing media, doing appearances that you don't have a time to think, you don't have time to kind of focus on driving because we'll both point to the exact same memory when we both were standing in that oh. spot watching Valtteri Bottas win in Melbourne, was it 18, 19? 19. 19. He was superior to everyone in all of Melbourne, all of Australia at that point as a driver. He was so outstanding uh, and I want to see him again do that. And I worry that this might be a distraction that he's now the Australian that everyone wants a piece of. And I, I do wonder, back to your point about Mark Webber and Len, um, and Oscar, maybe that is a bit of protection and trying mm. to look after and mm. shield him from the overwhelming, everyone's going to want a piece of Oscar right now. Uh, and I think 
everyone's grabbing a piece of Valtteri and that's going to absorb a lot of his kind of bandwidth and, and energy and hopefully still got enough for a race. It's interesting that you say that and a and, and really good point to Mark on Beyond the Grid. I think it was like episode two, the, the second episode they ever did or one of the first couple, he said that he thinks that drivers or fans have too much access to drivers nowadays. Um, and so you're right, so maybe he is trying to protect Oscar at all costs and and I mean, he also didn't have a great time with the Australian media because back then no one yep. really cared about Formula One apart from when it was here. Exactly. Um, and if you listen to to my chat with Scott from Champagne and Slicks the other day, he was saying, and very rightly, you could just walk up to the gates on a Sunday of the Grand Prix and get yourself a GA ticket. Yep. Um, and the track has changed quite a bit now in the yeah. point where the area that you could go to go and really have a great time with general admission is now gone and there's mm. a lot of grandstands and um yes i've driven around the track thank you i haven't uh, <laughs> i was not standing there taking photos of it, but I've, dri- I've driven around the the lakeside drive part of the track just to get a good feel for for how the differences are a lot more grandstands now so many there more. so less less ability i think for us who probably don't want grandstand tickets, just GA to be able to walk around the track and yeah. have a, a good feeling of it. And I look, I mean, I'd still advise that if you're listening and you don't really know where to go and you've got a general admission ticket. Uh, last year, Tommy T, Campy and I found a really good spot down into turn three. Mm-hmm. Hard braking. You could see that the deceleration of the car was incredible to watch. Yep. Um, and it was a bit of shade, although it does look like it's going to be raining all week, but we know what Oof. Melbourne um, does when it comes to, to forecasting. Yeah, it's a bit of a storm, I think, on Thursday, and then it's just rain for the rest of the time. So at least it won't be dusty. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. It's muddy, so yeah. bring your gumboots. Um, when it comes to other Australian drivers, though, Daniel Ricciardo, mm-hmm. it's his first Grand Prix it's the first Grand Prix of the year. I don't mean to so he's he hasn't missed anything. He's he's here for <laughs> for F one in twenty twenty three. Um, TT. I don't know. Not sure if you've seen, but since being back in the Red Bull fold, he is like content central. He has done uh, a bit of content with SVG uh, at Bathurst. Everyone said it was Liam Lawson in the in the Red Bull, but I actually think it was Daniel. It was a separate run. It wasn't the the um, run that was televised. I'm pretty sure it was a separate run with SVG. Uh, he's done it with Matt Hall Racing. Matt Hall is an ex-Raffi fighter pilot who now does Rebel Air Race and a whole b- bunch of stuff. There's um, footage of Matt driving, uh, sorry, flying across that cool bridge in Wollongong that mm-hmm. goes out over mm-hmm. the ocean with DR in a Red Bull with this massive three on it. So there's that. Um, and there's something else that he did, which was, ah, Toby Price who uh, Dakar legend, he's self-proclaimed a bush mechanic, but um, just missed out on winning Dakar and bikes this year as a, as a legend of an Aussie by like 45 seconds or something, which over the course of Dakar is ridiculously so close. close. Yeah. Um, it did a bit of content with him at his property. And I think he's in a trophy truck driving around this monster of a thing in DRs again in a Formula One car. So the, it's exciting to see. Yeah. But there's been a lot of, conversation Tommy about people saying yeah but how do we feel now that he's just effectively inverted commas a mascot yep. for Red Bull do you feel that way I feel like if he's embracing it, I'm okay with it if he's if he's enjoying it it's hard to know because he's gonna present a very happy front we're not gonna know how he actually feels about it but I think we've just got to support Daniel with what he's doing if we want him to be back on on the grid next year, which is our hope that he gets a seat. 
we need to support him through this year and just enjoy it while it's here. We know he's outstanding at making content, but that will be there after his career in F1's over anyway. So we don't need to kind of fall in love with it yet. We know it'll be there regardless. So we should kind of put all of the energy into hoping and wanting him to be back on the grid and, and doing what he wants, which is being in a competitive car, trying to win races. We'll get back to our chat about the Australian Grand Prix in just a moment. But Tommy T, I'm actually very excited about the sponsor for this episode and uh, a massive shout out to Jacinta for helping make this happen. But this episode is sponsored by Quadlock. Great. Which is so cool because they also sponsor Oscar Piastri Hello. and Molly Taylor and a whole yeah. bunch of brilliant Australian athletes like us all over the world. <laughs> um, unfortunately, the main athlete, Campy, isn't here <laughs> to, to talk about Quadlock, but Tommy T, I genuinely am super stoked by this because yep. uh, I'm pretty sure you can almost see their head office from, from here. So from an Australian company point of view, it's bloody outstanding. They ship all over the world, of course. And if you go to the show notes, the show description, wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, just scroll down a little bit, you'll see a link to Quadlock. Uh, and if you click through that link, you'll help support the show, which is fantastic, but you'll also help protect your phone, your physical phone, from being smashed if you're driving a Formula 1 car at the back of the grid, like Oscar Piastri <laughs> does with Clarence. I'm sure that would fit quite nicely. You can watch some reels yep. or some TikToks faster you're at the back. Uh, if you're on a bike, if you're on a motorcycle, if you're, you're just anything, anything yep. it's just phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, and they're the toughest things. I've, I've seen quad locks survive the biggest drops and the biggest smashes that would otherwise uh, be toast. But I think the best thing is just the, the snap into any of the molds. You can just have it attached, like super good for creating content. So we're excited to kind of jump into that space and do some more vloggy things, I think, with our quad locks. Oh, it's going to be very exciting. Now, there is a 30-day money-back guarantee as well. So if you don't like it for whatever reason, you can send it back. There is a very, very limited risk. You can do it for motorcycles, cars, cycling, off-road, everyday, marine, golf, run, camera, build your own. It's just, it honestly goes on and on and on, and they are absolutely well-reviewed. Uh, you can check it all out. Go to the show notes in our episode, click the link, and you'll be able to check out all of these different cases, and they ship all over the world, and there's free shipping on Australian orders for over $69. So make sure you check out Quadlock, and a massive thank you to Quadlock for sponsoring this episode. Tommy T, let's talk now about expectations for this weekend and for the track. Of course, it's very recently been surfaced, resurfaced. Um, not a lot of racing goes on between then unless you count Valtteri <laughs> and Tiffany on their uh, Yobos on their, their BMXs. Yobos in their C-Class <laughs> Mercedes. <laughs> yes. That's about it really. Um, going 40 kilometres an hour. But otherwise, the, the track is looking good. I'm pretty excited to see how this track performs with the Junior Series, the first time Formula 2 and Formula 3 yeah. have come to, to Albert Park in this format too, which is exciting. Yep. No, I think it's it's interesting. I think last year we saw the improvement of the, the track adjustment, the changing of that chicane. I think it's much faster back over Lakeside Drive. Um, and with like the regulation change, I think as well, we've seen – this track be much more raceable, which is exciting. So that gives even more hope for Formula 2, Formula 3 to mm. be very, very raceable as those cars are much smaller and more easy to overtake with. But, yeah, expectations. I think I think it's probably going to be one of the biggest Australian Grand Prix ever 
It's already on. If you can't get tickets now for general admission, I think that's well and truly in the books. It's going to be ridiculous from a fan engagement point of view. F1 is the biggest it's ever been in Australia. Um, It's going to be its absolute circus down there. Um, So I really hope you get media access and you can be at the centre of it all. Who knows? Who knows what happens? <laughs> I'm going to have to ask Michael Laminato just to shadow and go, oh, it's yeah. my first day. Can you tell me how to do this? <laughs> first day at school. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's look, it's pretty, it's going to be very exciting from, from so many different points of view. And if you're watching at a pub, it's okay. You know, don't feel like you're totally missing out because if you're at track, yes, it's exciting and there's a vibe. And the noise of V8 supercars is pretty phenomenal. Um, it'd be interesting to see Gen 3 this year around yeah. there, to be honest. And as much as I poo-poo V8 supercars, I do it a little bit for fun, mainly for uh, Tilly Willy 13, if you're listening, just to have a crack <laughs> at you and your love of an inferior motorsport. Um, but I'm excited to see Gen 3. Uh, I'm excited to see Formula 3, Formula 2. We don't have Jack Doohan as well in F2, who yep. uh, last year was making really great strides, TT, trying to get towards the front. Of course, he is Alpine's reserve driver for this year. So yep. he's almost I mean, he's taken Oscar's position from last year in terms of yeah. what he'll end up doing. Um, Alex Thompson, who's their digital manager at Alpine, she's Australian. And uh, I'm sure there'll be some really great content coming out this week with Jack and, and her behind all of that kind of stuff. But from the racing point of view, if it's a wet track, if it's a dry track, mm. do we expect Red Bull to be just absolutely yep. dominant here yet again. Yep. How are they not? I don't, I haven't seen a, a chink in the armor really other than the, the, uh, the issue that Max suffered and still managed to bring it home in second. I think they're well and truly, uh, ahead of the rest of the field. What'll be interesting is to see who's, who's going to come in second, which is going to be the second best constructor. I think we might see a Ferrari bounce back. I think this, this track suits, Charles Leclerc well specifically. I think he's going to qualify very well. Yes, it's easier to overtake now, but it's still not the easiest track to overtake. So if he can establish a good position through qualifying, I think he's got a real chance at a podium and and really giving it to Max in the Red Bull. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. It's And if it's wet, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time it was wet for – for the OzGP. That'll be really interesting. And with this new surface yeah. and new track design. Because I'm not going physically there. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want it to yeah, be wet. Yeah, I don't want it to be wet if I'm going, but if I'm <laughs> going, absolutely bring on the rain. Let's go. Is not that a, bad? Not enough to red flag it. But <laughs> no, let's, no, 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 no. Let's get it, let's get it up standing there. water. We just want a little slick. <laughs> um yeah, it's the only it's the only time that I ever want it to not rain is when I'm going to a Grand Prix. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough too. You don't want it to rain. Do Dry you? qualifying, you wet race. Oh, okay. All right. I I like that. Look, I think I think you're right. The reliability thing for me with Red Bull is something that is piquing my interest, mm. if I'm honest. And we in Bahrain, there was some management going on with Max's car. Yes, okay, there was the physical mechanical issue that he suffered in Saudi Arabia. Potentially something else can happen here. The problem that I've got with Ferrari and this conversation around, oh, well, surely they'll bounce back, is that they just haven't shown the relevant pace, I don't think, this year enough to be able to show that. Now, maybe Charles could have done that in in Saudi Arabia, if not for that 10-place group penalty. Yep. But why did he have that 10-place group penalty? 
Yeah. Just, it just seems like this circus that it's yeah. going this roundabout that they can't get off of, um, really struggling with that kind of pace. Of course, we haven't really spoken a lot about Mercedes, mm. but to, uh, for Toto Wolf to put everything in the bin, that's fine. But fair play to George. I mean, yep. he he was within five seconds of Fernando Alonso. Yep. Um, which was important for getting the trophy and then not getting the trophy for third place, yeah. um, which was hilarious in and of itself. But Mercedes seemed to, yes, be struggling, but I don't think George is maybe struggling as much as Lewis. What do you think? No, I think he's performed really well. And like you said, his whole goal was get within five seconds knowing there's a penalty coming, and he did that. Did that really well. Um, I don't know. I think Mercedes are in a really tough spot as to what they do for the rest of the year. I think they've got a few more races and if it doesn't click, they're going to have to just kind of write the season off because they're going down this road that doesn't seem to be yielding results, doesn't seem to be yielding performance. So you don't want to waste more years than necessary of both of those drivers' careers of the opportunity because other people are catching up at the same time. I don't know. It's it's a, re- it's a really tough one. Um I would not want to be in that car or in that position. I think it's a very difficult decision they're going to have to make as to where they take that performance because Red Bull is by far and away quicker and Aston has leapfrogged everybody else and is quite clearly the the car that you'd want to be in. It's phenomenal to me how left of field Aston's, not dominance, but certainly dominance over everybody else apart from Red Bull has been. Well, uh, let's quickly talk about McLaren versus Aston. They've both got the same engine. Mm. Mm. That is diabolically different <laughs> if you're McLaren, hey. You thought you had like some of the best aero people. You had the best kind of people in those positions. You've got the same engine as someone who's leapfrogged constructors. They're now doing better than the people supplying them an engine, which is unheard of in Formula 1 really. Like the works team is usually the top four and then everyone else kind of falls behind. So for Aston to do that, I think is unbelievable. And they've, they've, they've cribbed notes from the right people. They've, they've followed the direction. Yeah. You can say that that's not imaginative, but it's getting results. And that's kind of, I think that's more important is getting results. This is the pinnacle of motorsport and everyone kind of ends up following each other anyway. I Mm. think Aston's has done it quicker. Mm. They've decided Red Bull's onto something. That's the design philosophy we're going to follow. They've followed it and they're seeing results. I think Mercedes maybe been a bit pig-headed and decided that theirs is the correct and they're a bit stubborn in the fact that they're like, no, we don't want to believe that that is the fastest. We have the fastest idea and it's really not yielding any results for mm. them. It seems like a dead end. It seems like a campy decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. To be honest. Well, fans, listeners, it is bloody exciting. The Australian Grand Prix is only a couple of days away and we have a stack of content for you coming this week. Very, very excited to share that with you as it's being released. Um, the best way to keep up to date with all of that is to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really want to support the show, please consider going on to Quadlock, jump, uh, grabbing over there a case. You can find, again, that link 
in the show notes to do that. Uh, you can also become a, a patron via our Patreon and a massive shout out to our patrons too uh, for all of the, the things that you do for us. We are exceptionally grateful um, and I'm very, very, very hoping, 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 hoping that the hats will be ready in the next day or two. Um, I might, ha- if you live in Victoria, I probably will hand deliver it to your house <laughs> um, just to make sure that if you're going to the Grand Prix that you get it. Uh, but I will let all of you know who have purchased one what the update is with that Tommy it's bloody exciting yep. the Australian Grand Prix um, it's a nice beautiful easy way to start a Monday morning it is yeah I mean we didn't have to wake up stupid o'clock today or last night just kind of eased into and we don't have to for a very long time because Azerbaijan is bloody almost a month away from where we are currently well, what are we going to do <laughs> who knows <laughs> We'll live the glory days for the Australian we'll Grand Prix we can, okay? for, for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for this episode. TT, thank you so much for having me in what is now our studio slash your yeah. absolute legendary apartment. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing the roulettes out of the window. Um, maybe some F35s, maybe some F18s. depends on what Raph brings. Um, and uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating or review. It really does help just tapping five stars on Apple or on Spotify. Uh, but if you don't want to, that's absolutely fine too. Uh, it's so great to have your company wherever you're listening all across the world. I will see you tomorrow for another episode of Lakeside Drive. So good. That, um, that. that is the life, gents, that we will never have. But that's okay. Because yourself. That's, we're going to have a studio in South Melbourne and we'll just nah, travel Cammy, to there. He's going to get a private jet, I can tell. You, you, can, uh, you can be sponsored by VistaJet, which is what Carlos Signs is sponsored nah, by. I'm too much of a fucking man of the people for that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, the doctor is in, man of the people. <laughs> nah, you and your Gulfstream, your G6 or something. Mate, he would get a Gulfstream yeah, too. There are a better aircraft, but he, need, he needs one that there's a song about. Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIT preparation and testing along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWH HVAC training sc.com to inquire. Sports Social Podcast Network.